Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 324. And yesterday, you know, I was just going on the internet looking around and there was William the Hippo from the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I hadn't thought, I mean, I'd seen him, but at that point yesterday, I felt like I was six years old again. And I was looking at him for the first time. And the first time I saw William was so wonderful. I was on a school field trip. The first graders were going to the Metropolitan Museum. School buses, big deal, first field trip of my whole life. And we go to the Metropolitan Museum. It's a beautiful building. I loved going up the stairs. I expected so much. We get inside, we have a tour guide, very nice lady wearing a uniform, which I thought was really good. And we start on this tour that is so boring. I mean, we're looking at stones. She's saying 3000 BC, 1842. And I'm just looking at stone after stone, nothing after nothing. Finally, we turn this corner and there in a little glass case is William the hippo and his name was William. It wasn't Constantine or, you know, other things I can't, you know, big names from like pharaohs and it was William. I could read it and there he was and he was whimsical and he was beautiful and he was a gorgeous shade of blue and he had lotus leaves all over him which I thought was great. Open ones, close ones. And she started talking about William and nothing she said made any sense. She was going on about, you know, burials. And all I saw was this amazingly friendly hippopotamus. He was whimsical, magical. He looked like he was, he could be in a Disney movie. And he was in this place with boring, boring, boring all around it. And here he was, bright, gorgeous blue. And we, our group left and I came back. And our group left again and I came back. I couldn't stop staring at William. It got to the point where the nun had to hold my hand, which in St. Mary's in Roslyn in New York was like going to prison. The nun was squeezing my hand. She was so mad at me. She didn't say anything, but I knew I was in trouble, but I couldn't stop thinking about William. It was, I loved, I've loved hippopotami ever since. I just, in fact, I saw one crossing a bridge, a pink hippopotami when I was in my thirties. That's how much I love them. I told my friend Phyllis, who's a psychologist about it. I said, is that normal? She said, Beth, you have a big problem. I was like, no, I don't. I just love hippopotamuses. She goes, you should see. And I said, no, Phyllis, just forget I ever said anything. And she did. And I think that was actually the last time I saw her. I guess it's scary to love him as much as I do, but I'm not alone. And the thing is, this is how he got his name, which I, I didn't know when I had to look up. Okay. So in 1931, there, were, there was a British magazine called Punch, and the author was a certain Captain H.M. Raleigh, and he would write for the magazine. And he traveled the world. 
he had a framed color print that he got at the museum of the hippo. He named him William. He and his family thought he was an oracle. And they would very often listen to, see, they can be magical. He would give the family advice and they always listened to it, except for three times. One was a birthday party that went awry. One was a home they bought that was haunted. And the third time was a fantastic vacation they planned for an entire summer. HR, HM, his wife and his two children and it turned into a disaster. Well, from that moment on, they listened to every single word William said, and he wrote a story about it, and it got picked up by other magazines. And this man also wrote a story about a live chameleon named, named Wilford. Well, Wilford, Wilford didn't have any magical powers for the family, but he did have a leash, and he lived for a very long time. So Wilford, the chameleon, was on a leash, and he just became a sort of fun character at birthday parties and in the family, and he lasted quite a while. William became the backbone of their existence, and that story came all the way across the ocean, and the name William became this hippopotamus's name. He couldn't have another name. He's made from faience, which is some ceramic thing, but it makes is blue, so magically blue. He was in a tomb, and the Egyptians thought that hippopotami were magical creatures, and they they embodied the miracle of life. And that's why the lotus, and so did the lotus, which is why it was open and closed. It's like morning and night, life and death. And they also, the Egyptians, were very proud of the respectful of the way the hippopotamus mom protected her baby. And they wanted for that person in the tomb to have someone that vehement that you will survive. But they knew that the hippopotamus was also a pretty dangerous creature. So they took off three of William's feet before they put him in the tomb so that he wouldn't be able to outrun the man when he came back to life. They weren't positive he was nice, but if you look at him, you'll know he was. And so that's why they took off three of his legs because hippopotami can run faster than you can. And a pharaoh had been killed. Merced was killed by a hippopotamus, a hippopotamus in real life. And a lot of women had been killed when they would be cleaning clothes on the stones in the river. You can't get between a hippopotamus and the water. And he weighs a few tons, and his two tons exactly, a big one, and his jaws can open up and actually cut you in half. So I can see that. They took off the three legs just to be on the safe side, but they didn't need to do it with William. Not with William. When you look at his face, you will see the kindness, and you can imagine what a six-year-old thought in this boring, boring museum and I mean, I don't think it's boring today, but at six, I thought it was deadly boring. And I thought it was going somewhere fun. There was William to save the day. Children, I'm not the only one. Children love William. In fact, the Metropolitan Museum gets letters to William. And I'm gonna read you a couple of them. Okay. 
Dear William, like a Santa Claus letter, only it's to William. And I would have, if this had been a possibility for me, I would have written a very long love letter to William. But this is what some other kids wrote. Okay, here's the first one. Billy, he's five. Dear William, he's very good manners. I think he must be almost six. I asked my Sunday school teacher this question and she did not have an answer. But I think you might. I've been thinking about this a very long time. William, do you think if Cain and Abel had had their own bedrooms, they wouldn't have killed each other? And William does answer all these letters. Dear William, you have so many cracks on your face. Don't they have anything to help you in the museum? My mother has a cream for that. Dear William, this is from, what's his name? You can hardly read it. Bullion. Well, okay. This kid's got a few more problems than he knows about yet because he's only seven, but that name is not going to fly in middle school. Okay, dear William, I don't say this often enough, but I love you. I really, really love you. And I want to know, do you have a little brother? Please tell me. Please tell me the answer is no, because my brother and I have a bet about this. Okay, here's another one. This is from a little girl named Lillian. She's seven. Dear William, are you really sure you're a boy hippopotamus? Are you absolutely sure? Could you just double check on that? Okay, now this one is from a little girl named Catherine. Dear William, I'm telling you a secret. I know I can't talk to anyone else, but I have to talk to you. My mother said that Jesus said, I need to love everybody. But there are four, there are only four people in my family and I can never love them all at the same time. William, am I doomed? It's cute. Okay, here's one. This is from a little girl named Priscilla. She is seven. Dear William, don't you do anything? Can't you do anything? Just look at the tooth fairy. She came up with something. Can't you just do something? Okay, here's another one. This is from a little boy named Bob. Dear William, are you sick? Why are you blue? That can't be normal. Okay, now this kid I'm worried about. He's nine years old. His name is Pete. Dear William, my parents said I could start drinking beer at 21. I think that's a very long time from now. I need you to tell me so I can tell my parents. Could Egyptian kids drink beer when they were 15? Oh my God. I'll tell you what, these parents, my heart goes out to them. This kid is gonna be some kind of a teenager. Good luck. Maybe you should move to a ranch in Montana away from everything else till he is 21. I have no idea. But those are the stories. So I wasn't alone. And I'd been to the museum a million times and I wasn't thinking about William ever. It's like, for some reason, that little kid came screaming back up into my mind. There's William, there's William. Wow. Oh, that's so funny how you, I guess, that might be what's great about being a grandparent because you get to relive everything again. 
but I brought that little girl back to life. That little six-year-old that fell in love with William. I wasn't the only one. Check him out, and I'll tell you what, from now on, when there's a baby born, they're getting a William stuffed animal and a book about William because he really is the most magical creature at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. The big thing that happened that I have taken into the rest of my life that happened that day, also I was bored out of my mind and we turned a corner and there was William in that glass case and it's had me riveted the whole rest of my life about what could be around a corner, any corner, any time. You just don't know. That's why we have to stay sane. That's why we have to keep going around corners. Because sometimes it's something just as wonderful as William the Hippopotamus. So that's what I've got today. Try to stay sane, and I will too. And I'll be back. Thanks. Bye-bye.